Welcome to the Startups Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the science and art of startups with founders and the broader startup community. I'm Tony Hackett, and I've spent over a third of my B2B sales career either working for early stage startups or as a go-to-market and social selling mentor for founders and their teams. In each episode, we will explore various topics, including decision-making, team-building, and growth strategies. Before we meet today's guest, I'd like to start with an acknowledgement of country. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. Here in Sydney, it's the Gadigal people. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people attending today. Elena, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Really exciting to hear about the Zealy story and knowing that mobile is everything this mobile-first commerce bringing audiences in touch with businesses in a very personalised, very intimate way. But let me stop, open up for you to tell us a bit about yourself and what you're up to right now. Nice to meet you, Tony. Thank you for having me on your podcast. My name is Alina. I am the CCO at Zilli. Zilli is a Ukrainian startup and we help our micro and small business owners to grow their online sales with super easy marketing. So in our application, they are able to create websites or launch advertising on Facebook, Google ads. Uh, without uh, any knowledge in it. For now, we have more than 5,000 tutors. Uh, in our startup, I'm responsible for all the strategic communications. With, uh, I'm uh, also responsible for fundraising. And uh, I also work a lot of, uh, with our content. So yeah, and uh, to tell you more about this uh, mobile first idea, we have discovered a critical problem of this target audience. We understood that more than 80% of micro and small business owners, especially in Latin America, or do not have laptops. So they are not able to use uh, some like big website builders uh, that are like desktop oriented. So that is why we created our mobile application and we see now that we have found our product market fit. It is an exciting story. I must say there are a few things that stood out from your website and that was about the, the growth numbers. We might get to that in a moment. I know you've been doing some fundraising and, and I'd love to dig into that some, but before we get there, you've gone and taken on a very specific part of the market. Were you always that focused when you started or did you start broader and tighten it or did you start somewhere else and move adjacent? It was uh, some spontaneous decision, to be honest. We have analyzed this market, uh, so we knew that there is uh, some great customer acquisition costs and it's very there are some cheap prices in attracting customers, for, for example, in Brazil, in Mexico, in Chile, and so on. And also, there is a huge target audience of micro and small businesses. There are more than 30 million yeah, representatives of this target audience, so we have a huge blue ocean there. With such a large opportunity, how do you work out what not to focus on? How do you prioritize? So first of all, we started with uh, Brazil and we have the biggest part of our users there. For attracting these customers, uh, we use Facebook because they are this target audience. I think that they use Facebook 23 hours per day. So and uh, especially WhatsApp. So these tools are number one and also Instagram. And also we have great results in influence marketing there. 
So we see that this target audience, they are really active. They are referral uh, strategies of marketing. So we use a lot of communication with them to attract them. So uh, first of all, we target them with some great influencers. So they like they uh, see our advertising and our Facebook feed, for example, where some influencers say like, are you an entrepreneur and you want to grow your sales with sales-oriented websites? And then our users click on the button below and they go to our marketing funnel and they fill in all the gaps that we are asking them for so and they are telling us about all the information about their business and then we prepare a website for them and they are super satisfied because they previously didn't have websites at all i believe you and i believe you theoretically and i believe you practically because as my lead into meeting with you today i actually downloaded your app and became a trial subscriber to see what the experience was like. My feedback is this, from somebody who did it purely as an academic exercise, the way that you lead the user through the decision-making, I was actually making real decisions where I had no context coming into it. So I could imagine somebody who wasn't really thinking about putting their business online, you're holding their hand. And I thought it was so powerful. So compliment to your team on what you're doing. There's just a use case of one who signed up for your trial. And I also had the experience of dealing directly with your customer service, which was excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. But you've done the hard work. And is it the goal then for these micro businesses to have that experience that I did? And that is, they think, yeah, I should do this, but I don't really know how to start. If I start, I don't know how to finish. So this step-by-step process is so powerful. Yeah, and you know, we understand that all entrepreneurs uh, need customers. They need this regular flow of customers. So that is why we understand that website is nothing if you do not have advertising on it. So that is why we are launching now our Facebook ads and Google ads. And we see that there are no solutions now like this in the world, so simplified and for made for it directly for this target audience. So we receive approximately 20 requests per day about when you guys will launch uh, these advertising features. So because we see that there is a huge demand for it. It is a very interesting thing. Uh, you talk about growth. Could you maybe share some insights to how you've been driving your own growth? Because the numbers that you publish are really impressive. So our actual MRR is $40,000. We have 300% growth in just three months. The reason why like it happened is that we found our unit economics. So because of the fact that we have a lot of experience in digital marketing, we have found our customer acquisition cost, our lifetime value in super short period of time. And we understood that our flow of new users depends on our marketing budget directly. So for example, if we, uh, if we invest $100,000 if uh, in our marketing, we will uh, receive for a fixed number of clients. But for now, like like we are fundraising now and we see that it is very important to have for healthy numbers to have the stable growth and i want to recommend all the startups or to have for your fundraising round to have your cohorts prepared to have your retention growth prepared and so on uh, because uh, all the investors they need to see this like healthy growth so and um, we like we have it now so and we we had we have made a lot of mistakes uh, with our 
like preparation for for this uh, investment round. But now we are in the middle uh, of this process. We have for m- more than like approximately half of this money in like confirmation. And we are now looking for some US-based lead investor. The investment round, what's been the surprise to you? What's been the, the real catch? Uh, to be honest, uh, we raised $100,000 in January 2022. It was, I think, the easiest round in the world. Our investors just texted us in Facebook Messenger and they told us, hi, let's have a call. So and so then, like when we had a call with them, they told us, hey, we have for six unicorns in our portfolio. We are like, we uh, we have like some Ukrainian origin, but we are US-based guys. So so let's talk about investments. So yeah, and so we agreed to this amount and now they are, they are our good friends and our like real partners. So they help us with all their like networking process in the US. But uh, now uh, when we have our investment or uh, investor funnel, so we have built some funnel of investment investors. And it's really important to have approximately, I think on the, in, uh, in the seed round, you need to have approximately uh, 70 funds in your funnel. Uh, and with someone, you can have two calls. With someone, you have three, you can have three calls. With someone, you can be on the final stage, but on, in the last moment, you like understood that you are not like good for each other and you need to stop this communication. And according to our experience, we see that 70 funds for like seed round, it's like great number. So, and it will allow you to raise approximately one or even $2 million. But now our market is, uh, this like fundraising market has very difficult um, times. So all their like valuation caps are like, uh, are ruining. So they are super low now. So I think it will be better to all the startups to wait approximately, uh, three months or maybe six months and then start fundraising. How many in your team? Uh, We have for 10 people. It's remarkable. I've had the great fortune to speak with uh, maybe maybe about 10 Ukrainian founders over the last few months. And one thing that has stood out is mindset. And anybody that I've spoken with after I've spoken with the Ukrainian founders about mindset and in meeting with you today, I feel the same thing. How do you and the team maintain the very positive mindset with so much complexity in your lives? Yes, in our team, we have 10 people, uh, from which five are Ukrainians, and uh, two of them are now in Ukraine. The, it's, it is our support manager, like the girl, I think that's... Uh, Yes, you spoke to her about some, I don't know, your questions about our application. And we also have our designer and in Ukraine. Now they have some problems with electricity. So it causes some issues with our connection. But they have a very huge motivation to work. And I see that it will be uh, it could be very difficult for us to raise investments uh, in Ukraine, for example. But now, uh, because the first question that we receive from our investment funds is that, uh, where are you guys based now? And then when we say that we are now in Europe, they say, okay, 
we can continue our conversation. So yes, all right, because I understand that it's important for them to have for this core team in Ukraine, because not in Ukraine, because it's very dangerous now, to be honest. But now uh, we have very, very big motivation. It's always a great honor for us to participate in some international uh, competitions and even in your podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, uh, to represent our, our tech community and tell more about some of our experience about our achievements our plans and so on so we really appreciate this worldwide support Helen what do you enjoy most what gives you the greatest joy each day in your role working with the Zeely team and Zeely customers it's communication it's it's totally communication so our communication with users communication with partners communication with potential investors this huge networking in startup industry it's something that i cannot describe with words two days ago we have met guys from from facebook one week ago we had a meeting with simio of google so it was something like these meetings, they are always super spontaneous, but uh, we always uh, get some great experience from this meeting, some great insights and some great ideas for our product. So I really enjoyed this process of communication and networking. And what are the things that you try to avoid? Where's your Achilles heel? I think I like everything about my work. So to be honest, because uh, all the processes that we have in our daily life, they all are interesting. So, you know, we have a lot of for different like moments in during our day. So for example, it's, uh, I don't know, 5 a.m. We can receive some message from US-based fund that they are interested in us. And at 8 a.m. We can see, we can receive some information about the conference that we like wanted to participate in, but uh, they denied. So, and a lot of different, 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 different situations during the day, but we have super active our daily routine. That's a good balance of what gives you joy and the other things that you have to balance through the day. You're getting funding, getting more customers and you're growing. You then start to look at recruiting. Is that something that you're actively involved with now? What's that process feel like to you? I used to work with uh, teams of for five people, eight people. So, and so we, you, you know, uh, that is why we didn't have a lot of time uh, to process a lot of for like customer requests and so on. But on the other hand, for example, Dima, our SEO, uh, he had in his team 80 people. And he said to me that it's very difficult to have this uh, a lot of human resources in your team and you, in your company because you have your valuation uh, cap like in in people in your team, but not in your users, in your like customers. So that is why we decided to have in our team no more than uh, 20 people. But we understand that we can uh, work with more than 100,000 users having in our team uh, no more than 15 people. So that is why we don't not to scale our team like too much. That gives you a very good shape though to doing your work and what you will take on and what you will actually prioritize out. So I see that as being a really powerful thing. Tell me, with the different trends that you look at, what are maybe one or two that are guiding your thinking towards strategy over the next one to three years? We see that mobile first dominates now, like this mobile first strategy. So, and we understand that huge companies do not understand it. We see that there are a lot of for companies uh, in the world, like in, in this uh, industry, like, like Nokia. 
So they are old-fashioned a little bit. It's true. And now we see that this online marketing market is growing. It's super growing. So we see huge potential in it. And also, to be honest, yes, we started with Latin America and the US. But we see huge potential. Also, some markets are as Indonesia, as Philippines. They are also they are also mobile first. And they have more than 60 million of like entrepreneurs in their audience. That's a very interesting point when you think about uh, not just mobile first, but ultimately it comes down to payments. And so many organizations, countries, and also parts of industries in those countries are so reliant on the mobile because, to your point, their customers live 100% through their mobile. They're not tethered to a a laptop or a, a desktop device in a building or a location. So that's pretty interesting. The data that you must have access to would be remarkable. As a team member, are you personally strong at balancing out intuition and data or do you rely more on data or or do you try and bring that gut feel, that intuition into your decision making? We have three people in our core team. So it's a little bit difficult to separate all the duties between each other. So sometimes, uh, so I can collect some data about our users and then uh, give this data to Dima and Dima will process it or our SEO. Or Dima can give me some data about his marketing campaigns that are now like super successful and I can uh, process this data and send this data to our, and use this data in our future conversation with Venture funds. So we have super different strategies now in our team, but I think it will change in a few months when we will hire uh, three more people. Will they all start at the same time? I'm just thinking for such a, a small team that you have to have three new people come in in one go, that's massive. Yes, that's massive. But we used to start working with people and paying them per hour. So we understand that we need to uh, understand each other and uh, to start working, for example, two hours per day, three hours per day to start with some minimal tasks and then uh, continue to work like full full time. So it's, uh, I think, yes, it's uh, the best strategy for such specialists as, for example, product manager in our case. So we need uh, like support of some product managers to help us to, like, to optimize our mobile application and so on. But we understand that we do not have a lot of features now uh, to to hire a full-time product manager. But in three months, for example, we will have a lot of new features. So that is why we need product manager for, for example, seven hours per day. So this is the reason. That's a really smart approach because it's one thing to find smart people and there are a lot of smart people around, but will there be a cultural fit? And will they be able to work at the same, not pace, but in the same style? Because for you to get those three wrong, that would just convulse your business. So I love that approach. It actually makes sense that that's what you do based on one thing I noticed on your your site as well was the way that you had the testimonials and the way that you put up the personas. And it felt very personalized and very human. And what you just described is the same. How did you get to the point where you could deliver your story in such a way through technology? We have more than seven years of experience in working with this target audience of for small and micro business owners. And we previously created websites for them, launched advertising for them manually. So we ha- we had specialists for each task in our team. And it was very difficult to work with a huge team. So to be honest, we have worked with 3,000 entrepreneurs in like during these seven years. 
and having an, in our team 80 specialists. But now we have 10 people in our team. And for now, we have already received 5,000 users. So we have created this super automated SaaS solution where our target audience can create everything on their own. The way you express it, it makes it sound very fundamental. And what it does, it masks over all of the hard work and the, the bruises of those early years to get you to the point where you are now. Do you think through not just the technology strategy, but do you look at the whole business? You spoke about unit economics right at the start. And how far in the future do you start to think about how that's going to change? it can be even better than now. For example, because we see that in our marketing strategy, uh, this uh, success of for our, for example, advertising campaigns depends on the budget that we use for it. For example, if uh, we invest more money, we will receive better conversion rates, especially in Facebook and in Instagram and also in TikTok. That also speaks to the focus that you have. You're very clear at the start talking about, you know, Brazil is where you're focused and it's about Facebook and TikTok and Instagram. It also means that you're having to stay abreast of the trends and the fashion, if you like, by way of social channels. That must be something that takes time out of your day, I'm sure, trying to work out where the new audiences are. Uh, for now, as we see, uh, there are a lot of old-fashioned entrepreneurs in uh, Brazil. So uh, according to statistics, more than 70% of uh, entrepreneurs use WhatsApp as their like main, cha- main business channel for communication with clients and so on. So we understand that uh, these channels of attracting clients and communication uh, with clients uh, may change in uh, the few next years. But we understand that this requirement best from micro entrepreneur about attracting new clients will stay and we will need to change our strategy for example in our application so now they are able to attract customers from facebook tiktok and google but then for example there will be another channels of customers acquisition so for now we see that emails are still popular sms are still popular so uh, according to our uh, researches and so on we see that uh, in a few years people will still be interested in facebook Instagram, emails, SMS, WhatsApp, and also TikTok. That's brilliant. That's a lovely insight to share with us. Thank you. Could I ask you to close for us with a comment around mentors and coaches and whether you have been able to work with them? What would be your advice or tips to somebody listening to our conversation now if they were just starting out looking for a mentor or a coach? So in our case, we are looking for people who previously had a startup, for example, or is uh, now working in some big startups in uh, big companies and so on. Because this experience, it's uh, something super, I don't know, brilliant. Because uh, people who previously had some experience in growing business, in growing, in scaling business, in uh, launching, like, for example, even advertising campaigns and had some fails or some like great achievements. So it's always great. I really like uh, to to work with people who are uh, experienced all like these uh, like situations in real life, like in practice, uh, because there are a lot of uh, people who work with theoretical information. And uh, for example, sometimes it's not um, it's not relevant. When we started uh, working with some accelerators, uh, when we from the very beginning of our startup, uh, they didn't uh, say us anything about uh, like retention, about some payment processing and so on. So we didn't know this information. But thanks to our some uh, advisors, 
it will it, it was easier for us to understand all these processes so that is why you can uh you can find the person from very 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 small like for example area so it could be uh some like payments it could be the person from some technology part who is a specialist in ai for example or the person who previously worked in even in some or big companies such as Facebook, Google, and TikTok, because they usually know some trends. They know usually some air, uh, like some, they have some insights about working in these companies and so on. So I, rec- I highly recommend to hire some like great specialists in industry. And sometimes their like profiles can be super small and there are some more, and they could be, uh, and could, they could be specialists in some very, very, very small niches. I think you've given remarkable advice there. The way I've interpreted what you've just said is it's one thing to go and look for a mentor or an advisor, but it's not their responsibility to find you or to help you. It's actually your responsibility to get the best out of them. And you're only going to do that if you know what it is you need. And that's that's a great, great story and a wonderful place for us to wrap today. Uh, Linda, thank you for taking the time. I'm excited for the Zealy story and I appreciate that you would share your views on your market and what you're up to with us today. So thank you. Thank you so much, Tony. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Feedback is always welcome. And I would appreciate introductions to potential future guests to invite onto the podcast. But that's it for today. Thanks for listening and bye for now.